0: Welcome to Personal Finance Cat, where I share my personal take on personal finance. All right, today I'm going to share with you the 10 side hustle ideas. To be honest, this is a tough topic and I'm in search of an effective side hustle idea myself. I've listened to many other influencers talking about this topic, but didn't think that they quite captured a full range of options. Some influencers may be talking about ideas that are too rudimentary, like dog walking, Ubering, task rabbiting, etc. Others may be talking about a long list like SEO, consulting, running Facebook ads, web design, etc. But they're essentially one category, which is developing a new skill that has strong demand currently. So here I want to share with you 10 ideas that range from the easiest slash the most passive to the hardest slash the most active. I have either done them personally or have personally known people who have done them. My hope is that this list can provide you with a full range of options. So you can decide which one or ones to pick depending on how much time you have and how much capital you have. And because time and capital are interchangeable in that there are two different kinds of resources, The more time it requires usually means the less capital it requires, and vice versa. In other words, the list starts with the ones that require more capital but less time and ends with those that require a lot of time but a modest amount of capital, at least to start with. Number 1. Passive investing like real estate syndication, hard money lending, angel investing, etc. These are truly passive because once you did your due diligence and validated the team who are going to manage your investment, you can sit, relax, and get your mailbox money. I've done a real estate syndication deal and it has been great in that the quarterly distribution just shows up like clockwork, even during the pandemic. These are not without risk by any means because all types of investments come with a certain level of risk. That's why I mentioned that you need to do your due diligence. Let me repeat, you need to do your due diligence. It's more so vetting the team than selecting the type of investment. And what you're looking for is the experience, track record and work ethics, as opposed to the sales pitch. Another caveat is that these type of investments usually have some kind of restrictions, considering that they may be riskier than investing in stocks. In other words, you may have to be an accredited investor. This is the way the SEC intends to protect people's hard-earned money, so that they don't lose their shirts by investing in something stupid. For those of you who haven't heard of this term, an accredited investor means, according to Investopedia, one, a natural person with income exceeding $200,000 in each of the two most recent years or joint income with a spouse exceeding $300,000 for those years and a reasonable expectation of the same income level in the current year. Or two, a natural person who has an individual net worth or joint net worth with a person's spouse that exceeds $1 million at the time of the purchase, excluding the value of the primary residence of such person. But if you are not an accredited investor, don't be discouraged because you may still be able to invest in those opportunities if you are a sophisticated investor. For example, in real estate syndication deals, you may still be able to invest in them if you have certain experience already investing in real estate and you have a pre-established relationship with the syndicator. That's why networking is very important. Going to meetups, in person or virtually, for example, is a great way of learning about different investment options and actually being able to invest in them. Number two, making use of your existing assets to generate passive income with apps like Airbnb and Turo. This is a bit more active because you do have to prep your house or car every time you rent it out. But if you don't mind that, it's a great way to generate some extra cash. We used to rent out our spare bedroom on Airbnb when we only had one kid. It worked out fairly well and there was surprisingly a high demand even in the middle of nowhere town in which we live. This method of making extra cash with existing assets does not have to be restricted to expensive assets like a house or a car. Nowadays, with a shared economy, many creative ideas are being born frequently. For example, you can even rent out your unused hard drive space on your computer. Number three, active real estate investing. Unlike utilizing an existing asset, you would need to obtain an additional asset or assets for this side hustle idea. So it's generally more work. That said, if you're a rental property owner as opposed to a flipper, And have a good property management team, this can be fairly passive as well. Flipping obviously involves even more active engagement than rental property, but if you have a good team, it can be systematized and streamlined. Having done both rentals and flipping, ironically, some of my rental properties required more work than the flip I did with a partner. So the key takeaway is that having a good team is critical, and that upfront legwork to vet and select the team is worth all the effort. Number four, consulting. If you're an expert in a certain area, either through working as an employee or running your own business, you can offer up your expertise in the form of consulting. I have an excellent consultant from whom I get personal tax advice. He's a CPA and worked in various CPA firms, including a big four firm. He prepares our taxes every year and we go to him from time to time for tax consulting services. This is a perfect example of using somebody's professional skills to make a side gig out of it. I was also once approached to provide consulting on the tax area I focused on for a multinational company. I never thought there would be a demand for my very niche skills, but hey, you just have to look. Nowadays, platforms like Upwork provide great avenues to connect demand and supply for various skills including the more obscure ones. As you can tell, providing consulting services takes work to first get your name out there and then actually perform the services. So it's more active than the first three options. However, it's more time intensive than capital intensive. So if you have little or no capital to start with, this can be a great option. Number five, coaching. Similar to consulting, coaching requires upfront work, but mainly your time as opposed to capital. To be a coach though, my understanding is that you do need to learn the skills separately from your existing work or business. To be a good coach, you don't necessarily have to be good at whatever you are coaching on, just like a sports coach usually doesn't do the sport him or herself anymore or ever. It certainly helps if they do but not necessary. In other words, you do have to learn the skills of how to coach people and there are courses you can take and certifications you can get in order to do so. My husband has used a career coach for job interview purposes. The coach was definitely helpful, but she was never a hiring manager, nor has she worked in the space in which my husband was applying for a job. I've also known people who are a life coach, MBA application coach, business coach, etc. Some of them have not necessarily done the things they're coaching on. To put in simple terms, the coach is more like a cheerleader to keep the coachee on track and serves as an accountability partner. So the skills that matter more are their ability to encourage, influence, and motivate, and sometimes point out the obvious. That's the reason why I put coaching after consulting, because while you can leverage your existing knowledge to consult, you do have to develop additional skills to coach. I would also say consulting requires more capital than coaching in general, because getting trained in a specialized field such as tax requires more human capital investment, than getting a coaching certification. Number six, work a second job that is flexible like driving an Uber, task rabbiting, dog walking, etc. This one is obvious and straightforward. The downside is that you're literally exchanging time hour by hour for money. And because the pay per hour is low, you have to put in a decent amount of time to get a meaningful side income. This one is my least favorite but i'm listing it here for completeness if you have time and like doing some of the things anyway you can certainly make it work and earn a few extra bucks we once hired a task rabbiter who enjoys building things so he helps people install their ikea furniture on the side number seven learn a new skill like running facebook ads seo consulting video editing photography web design app development etc And provide such services to people nowadays with a huge demand for these skills it may pay to learn and monetize such skills it's kind of similar to how during the 1849 gold rush those who made the most money sold picks and shovels to the miners nowadays everybody wants to be an influencer and has become highly competitive instead of getting into the very crowded space an alternative is to provide people with the tools aka the picks and shovels of this digital age so that they can try to become the influencer aka the minor. Becoming an influencer comes with a lot of uncertainty, but you can get paid with certainty while helping them on their journey. I have a friend who does consulting on social media strategy, management, etc. because she loves the space and learned on her own. She was a visionary who foresaw that social media was going to be huge and that the skills to understand and manage Whatever is going on in social media were becoming highly sought after. She eventually built a full business around this. Number eight, becoming an influencer like a YouTuber, blogger, podcaster, TikToker, etc. If you don't know already, people are trying to become an influencer because there is money in it through ads, sponsorship, etc. And once you do become an influencer, it would potentially require very little time slash work to get paid a significant amount. However, getting there is not easy. It may require a lot of time because it's so competitive and you may not get anywhere after spending all that time. I've done both YouTube and podcast so I know how much work it is. Thank goodness I enjoy what I do because otherwise I would have given up a long time ago. Anyway, this option is highly time consuming but potentially with a huge reward. To me, if it's something you're passionate about, it's worth the investment. My podcast is about financial education, which I think is totally, totally underserved in the formal education system. Therefore, I feel obligated to help out so that people can avoid the mistakes I made and learn what actually works. On the selfish side, this is a space where there can be relatively more sponsorship opportunities. So even when I get monetized one day, there will hopefully be plenty of options to choose from. Number nine, developing and selling a course. If you listened to some of my other episodes, you would know that I've bought other people's courses before. I have to admit, these courses were generally very helpful and I would blame myself for not carrying it through. Eventually, I might develop my own course, but will wait until I actually have a big enough following. That's why this option is listed after the previous one about becoming an influencer. I do believe that you can only convince people to buy your courses on a mass scale if they trust you enough after consuming your free content. It would definitely be more time consuming to develop a full course than producing a video or recording a podcast episode. Number 10, last but not least, running a side business. Believe it or not, you can start a business on the side without quitting your job. Some very successful businesses started out that way like what Sarah Blakely did with Spanx. These side business ideas can range from simple ones like car wash business, an oil change business, a haircut business, to moderately complex like selling products on Amazon or Etsy, to the full gambit of building your own brand of goods or services. My property manager did exactly this. He was building his side real estate business which incorporates property management, real estate agent, rentals, and flips while working his full-time job. When he left his full-time job, he turned to his business full-time right away and was able to scale it big time. This is by far the most time-consuming because we all know how much work it's gonna take to run a full business, especially when you are first starting out with your one-person shop. You have to play many roles and do all the tasks, not only the core business of developing the product, but also the supporting functions like accounting and marketing. That said, this is also the option that has the highest potential reward with a relatively low upfront capital investment because you're using your SWEAT equity to the maximum extent possible. All right, friends, those are the 10 side hustle ideas I came up with. Do you think they're helpful? If so, please leave a rating or review and or share the episode with your friends and family. Thanks so much for listening. Catch you next time. Oh uh...